Everybody, this is Keith, and welcome back to the Common Sense Practical Prepper Podcast. Today is January 12th, 2024, episode 63, and it is barely January 12th. Slightly after midnight, I'm on the way to the airport. Normally, I fly out of RIC, Richmond International, but the airfare was absolutely ridiculous, so I'm on a bit of a road trip traveling about an hour and a half, two hours to Norfolk International Airport to fly out since the airfare was much, much more reasonable. Now, you notice when I said Norfolk, it's actually Norfolk, Virginia. However, if you're from Virginia, it's pronounced Norfolk. A lot of times on movies and TV shows, they'll say Norfolk, which is absolutely incorrect. If you're from the Midwest... You don't go to Louisville, Kentucky. It's Louisville, Kentucky. So there's just a, a bit of a lesson as far as how to pronounce, correctly pronounce Norfolk, Virginia, and Louisville, Kentucky. All right, so what I want to talk about today is a couple things. And this one's going to be on kind of a personal note. As you guys know, my father passed away several days ago. And aside from that, if you're ever in a position where you're the advocate, the spokesperson, or whatever you want to call it, for a friend a friend or family member that is in the hospital, remember that you are advocating for them. Regardless of what a doctor might tell you, always ask the difficult questions. Don't just take a doctor's word for it. Now, I don't think I have a lot of doctors that actually listen into my podcast and no respect to any medical professionals or any doctors. But in my opinion, doctors are dime a dozen. You know what they say about the last person who the person who graduates last in their medical school class, you know what they're called? They're called doctor. Now, with my father's care, he had some excellent physicians. He had some physicians that didn't know what they were doing. There were a couple instances where very respectfully and very diplomatically, I had to tell the doctor what he was going to do. I don't need somebody being all wishy-washy. Now, mind you, this isn't, this isn't a situation where you're taking your kid in for a dislocated elbow or a hangnail or something like that situation with my father obviously was very, very grave and very, very, he was critically ill. So this is not a situation where you're going to argue with a doctor about whether you, what kind of cast or splint you should put on your kid's arm because he broke it. These are very serious situations. So you don't, you don't have time to be all, well, I think we should, or hopefully in the next day or two, the test result will come back. No, no. This is what you are going to do. And there were instances where I looked the doctor, this particular doctor, in the eyes, and I said, no, you're his doctor, correct? Yes. Did I need you to do doctor things? Go around pointing fingers at people and say, hey, you, I need you to do this. You need to run this test. You need to set up this appointment. Whatever the situation happens to be, don't just roll over and say, well, I guess it'll be okay, or maybe the doctor's right. If the doctor provides an explanation, follow up with somebody else, 
don't necessarily go down the rabbit hole on Google or WebMD or anything like that, but educate yourself. I've said this a million times before. Get your information from multiple sources. I'm not saying run down the hallway and grab a doctor by the, by the shirt and say, what Dr. Jones just told me, is that correct? But just because somebody has MD after their name or because they're some sort of specialist in whatever, doesn't mean they have the right answer. Now, we put a lot of trust on our medical professionals because they're the ones that went to medical school and did all this work to become doctors. But not every doctor has all the answers. Not every doctor has the right answers. Plenty of doctors have the wrong answers. I'll get off my soapbox here in a second. But make sure you advocate for that family friend, that loved one, just don't roll over and be like, well, I, you know, I guess there's nothing we can do. That's baloney. So be an advocate for whomever happens to be sick or ill or, again, going to the doctor to fix a broken bone. I'm off that cell phone. Okay. So we'll talk about prepping. And I know I've said a million times before, I try not to get political, but in the same vein, you can't talk about prepping without talking about politics. So things in the Middle East are a complete hot mess. So Israel is still going after Hamas. They're still in Gaza. They've taken over. I think they've completely taken over Gaza City. So they're doing their thing. And the Houthi Tuthis, the, the, the Iran backed terrorists in Yemen are still launching missiles and drones and all sorts of things at military vessels, commercial shipping, and everything else there that floats. Now, I read earlier today, or late last night, that the U.S. Uh, struck, struck some targets, some uh, Tomahawk missiles and F-18s or whatever, launched some missiles, dropped some bombs on some of the Houthi Houthi Tuthi command control structures and where they were launching these missiles. So I guess that's a good thing. So that's going along. And it's taking, in my opinion, it's taking far too long. Just just level the find out who they are and just level them. Because again, we're fighting a proxy war against Iran, just like we're fighting a proxy war against Russia in Ukraine. Speaking of Ukraine. Have you noticed Ukraine has not been in the headlines in the last two or three weeks? So Zelensky, I guess he's he's getting tired of running around telling the world that Ukraine's going to fall if the U.S. doesn't give him more money. He's all upset, sitting in a corner, sucking his thumb because the attention and money uh, from the U.S. military is obviously in in the Red Sea um, with Israel. Hamas, and the terrorists out of Yemen. So all the attention is away from uh, Zelensky and Ukraine, and he's all upset. I'm going to go on on a limb and say that there is plenty of our money, there is plenty of our tax dollars still going to Ukraine one way or the other, whether we like it or not. Now, talk about Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. The man was in the hospital for three or four days. He was in the ICU 
having a procedure done. Apparently, nobody in the SecDef, the SecDef's office, the Secretary of Defense office, decided to tell the White House that the number one man, the Secretary of Defense, was indisposed because he was in the ICU. Now, was he innovated? Was he under anesthesia? I don't know. But you would think, call me crazy, but you would think somebody that important with everything that's going on in the world, you would think that somebody would maybe text the White House, hey, Jimmy, it's Mike over at, uh, at Defense. Lloyd's in the hospital, and we're going to put the, the deputy director, a secretary of defense, whatever her name is, we're going to put her in charge, so she's going to be the point of contact in her team in case you need anything. That didn't happen. Oh, and this lady who's the assistant deputy director, secretary of defense, whatever, she was on vacation. She was like middle, South America, Central America, Venezuela. She was on vacation. Now, understand we have sat phones and secure line of communications, but I bet you a nickel she had no idea that Lloyd Austin, her boss, was in the hospital. And if she did, she probably has no idea what she's doing. Because if you think about it, no one's ever heard of this lady until uh, Lloyd Austin was in the hospital because we had to find out who she was. It's not like she's holding press conferences. It's not like people are sticking a microphone in her face saying, uh, uh, hey, lady, can you tell us about what's going on in the Middle East? Can you tell us about Israel? Can you tell us about Russia? What's going on in Ukraine? She probably gets her briefings, but she has absolutely no clue what she's doing. Anyway, she's on vacation. The ineptitude, I cannot believe. First of all, I can't believe this isn't getting more press than it is. Well, I can. But can you imagine a person that is that vitally important to the the running of the U.S. military just is out of commission for several days, and nobody seems to worry about it. Nobody wants to let the White House know. Now, that's either complete ineptitude, which I think it is, or the people that are pulling the strings in the Biden administration knew what was going on, and they really don't care where Lloyd Austin is because they're doing their own thing. Now, if anybody listening to this podcast believes that President Biden is actually in charge, if anybody listening to this podcast believes he's actually calling the shots, this is not the podcast for you, and you should probably turn it off. Everybody knows, left, right, center, everybody who has half a brain understands that the Obamas, Valerie Jarrett, Susan Rice, Podesta, and all the old gang from the Obama administration are the ones running the show. It's a very well-known fact. Nobody necessarily wants to talk about it, but that's what's going on. And that's the truth. And again, if you find that hard to believe, you might want to listen to a different podcast. That is one of the hundreds of reasons why, why I prep. If we have a government that has no idea where their secretary of defense is, if we have the president that, and you've seen them, 
on TV, getting lost on a stage, looking to shake hands of people that aren't even there. He mumbles all the different words. I, I feel sorry for him. I feel sorry for his family. I cannot believe that they're just, you know, just propping him up there on stage. Call it elder abuse. Call it whatever you want to. But I honestly feel sorry for the band. I am not a fan of Biden. But it's just, it's just sad. It's sad for him, and it's in it. And on a larger scale, it's sad for the country. I've always told people that you should always question what's going on. Respectfully question. Question authority. Ask what's really going on. Get your information from multiple sources. But to think that he's actually running the country is it's just not it's just not happening. Now on the flip side, we talk about President Trump and the indictments and all the things that are happening. A lot of the talking heads on TV, including the president, President Biden, and all these politicians, that MAGA Republicans and people that vote for Trump and Trump supporters are a threat are a threat to democracy. White supremacy is the biggest threat to democracy. If you believe that, this is not the podcast for you. You should just click somewhere else, listen to NPR, because what I talk about is the truth as I see it. And for people that hide people for people to hide their head in the sand and to not even realize what's going on, you're doing again, you're doing yourself and your brain a disservice. Find out for yourself. Now, I am to the right of center. I'm not on the far right. I'm not on the far left, but I am right of center when it comes to politics, the economy, finance, that sort of thing. Probably not a huge surprise. I'm going to go on on a limb again and say that most people who prep are probably right of center. Just a guess, but I'm probably right. Let's talk about Washington, D.C., the swamp, whatever you want to call it. I live 95 miles from Washington, D.C., and in my history of failed relationships in the past, I fortunately or unfortunately, whatever you want to call it, have dated, had relationships with folks that were career government employees. No need to get into who they are or what they did, but let's just say that some of these folks were fairly high on the food chain. Okay, they weren't getting invites to the, uh, uh, you know, to the uh, Oval Office on a regular basis, that sort of thing. So don't, you know, it's not like I was, you know, in a relationship with like, you know, somebody on the Supreme Court or, or any crazy thing like that. Lord, what? How, why did I just go there? Anyway, but these folks are career employees in the government, and they had very various roles and they were in positions where they they were knew what they knew what they were talking about now i wasn't provided any top secret information no laws were broken these were people that worked and lived right outside of dc and when we talked about how things worked up there 
I I was shocked. Now, I watched House of Cards, the Kevin Spacey series, what, three or four seasons? I watched that, and I, and I said to myself, if DC is half as corrupt as the actors portrayed on House of Cards were in deep doo-doo, well, DC is much, much worse than anything Kevin Spacey and I forget his wife's name. She's rather attractive. Um, I, I forget her name anyway. Robin, Robin something or other. DC is DC is much, much worse than uh, than House of Cards for trading. Now, these folks would tell me stories that in the government circles, as a government employee, ineptitude was rewarded with promotion. The worse you are, the quicker you get promoted and the more money that you make. It literally takes an act of Congress to get somebody fired. You don't get fired from your government position. If you do really, really poorly, I mean bad. I mean, if you do such a poor job that they really can't promote you any higher, they just kind of put you in an office somewhere and you just sort paper clips for the rest of your career. They just keep you out of the way so you don't do but so much damage. You look at the IRS, you look at all these bloated government agencies, Department of Education, on and on and on, about how there's so many different government programs that aren't just conducted in one or two of these departments or one or two of these entities. They're, they're, they're being... They're being run in several different agencies at the same time, basically doing the same thing at a tremendous cost to taxpayers. The government agencies don't talk to each other. They have, they have to spend their budget because if your government agency is given a bajillion dollars and you don't spend $2 bajillion and go way outside your budget, then you're not doing your job. It's been told to me that if you spend less than what you're budgeted, you get in a lot of trouble. Because if you're given $1 bajillion and you only, serve, and you only spend three-quarters of a bajillion dollars, then someone says, well, obviously – you don't need that extra money, and they're going to give that money to a different agency or a different department. Now, that's not going to go over very well, <clears throat> excuse me, because you've got a lot of trips to make. You've got a lot of junkets. You've got to, like, have all these conferences and these five-star resorts. When you go to these conferences, you, you need to play a lot of golf and basically not do what you're, what you're there at the conference to do. The horror stories that these folks told me were absolutely insane. So to bring this back around to prepping, that's one of the many reasons why I prep. Because the government's corrupt. They don't manage their money well at all. And when the poop hits the fan... Nobody from Washington, D.C. is coming to save you. Nobody from your local police department or fire department or local EMS. Nobody's coming to save you. 
we are going to be on our own. So you need to be self-reliant. You need to know what you're working with. You need to have your food, your water, your shelter, your electricity. You need to have all of that dialed in so when situations like this happen, you're going to be fine. You and your family are going to be okay. Another reason why I prep, you look at the lawlessness in a lot of our cities, just people running wild, looting stores, raping people, assaulting people, murdering people. Several, several major U.S. cities, no longer, criminals no longer have to post bond. If they're arrested for something, they're released before the police officers even complete the paperwork, and they're back out on the streets to commit more crime. In my opinion, all of this is being done on purpose. All of this is being done to sow the seeds of chaos. All this is being done to divide us, uh, divide the average Joe American, you know, with their neighbor, with the people across the street, with their coworkers. There's nothing that I see currently, at least in the mainstream media, or or what I see on a daily basis, I don't see a lot of things that are bringing us together. So it's going to be up to us to reach out to our neighbors, to reach out to our friends. Know who you're living next to. Know who lives across the street. Have conversations with these people. I'm not saying you need to turn them into preppers. I'm not saying to try to change their, uh, you know, political ideologies if they're different from yours or anything. I'm just saying just know who the people are around you. Just get to know them. Say hello. You don't have to have them over for dinner, but just know who's around. Don't let what's going on in this country or in this world divide you from your friends, your neighbors, or even your family members. You look at the border, the tens of thousands of illegal immigrants every week that are coming across a lot of these are military-aged males, not just from Central America. We have Chinese. We have folks from the Middle East. If you've seen some of the videotape that these citizen journalists have put out there, it's crazy. It's not a, um, a Hispanic or a Mexican um, mother with her three kids in tow and perhaps like part of her extended family. These are coyotes that are bringing across military-aged males. Now, why would there be an influx of military-aged males coming into the United States? They're not here to get jobs. They're not here to work construction, landscaping. They're not here to start a family. They're not here to go to trade school. They're not here to pay taxes. These people are being sent here and being allowed in to, again, to sow the seeds of chaos. Our educational system um, is overcrowded. It's being overrun by uh, illegal immigrants. The healthcare system, the same way. This is all done on purpose to inject chaos, friction. So you and I, the neighbor across the street or whomever, has to wait 12 or 16 hours at the emergency room if you have an emergency. 
It's done to overwhelm the healthcare service, the healthcare services. So when you try to see your doctor, try to see a specialist, you can't get in to see your doctor for three weeks. You can't, in, you can't get in to see your specialist for a month because they're just so overwhelmed. All being done on purpose. It's all by design. And I guess the government can swoop in and try to save us from ourselves or, or save us from all the chaos that's going on. But, again, that's literally, that's my two cents. And, again, one of hundreds of reasons why, why I prep, why I try to be self-reliant, why I try not to rely on the government, local government, federal government, whomever. There are certain aspects of the government that, that serve the citizenry, that serve me, that serve the country very well, but those are very, very few and far between. And nothing I see in 2024, even as the election gets closer, I don't see anything, the economy, the political process, I don't see any of this getting better. There's, I think there's only one way that this is going to end, and I think it's just the chaos, the strife, the division is going to get to a point to where something's going to give. How that manifests itself, I have no idea. But I think there's a lot of people out there that are just going to get sick and tired of just getting, I don't know, harassed, constantly you know, being poked at, constantly being ridiculed, belittled. It just, I don't know. It, it's, it's, I think we're living in very dangerous times. And how it ends up shaking out, I have no idea. But I know I am going to try to be as well prepared as I can. And it's kind of difficult to be prepared for something that you're not exactly sure how it's going to shake out. But I, I can only do what I can with what I know and the information that I gather, you know, what I hear with my own ears, what I see with my own two eyeballs, you know, and what I can, uh, what I can, what I can put together in my simple little brain. But take it for what it's worth, folks. Again, thanks for listening in. Uh, this has been the Common Sense Practical Prepper Podcast, episode 63, January 12, 2024. You can reach me on the Twitter at prep underscore podcast. Or you can search Common Sense Practical Prepper Podcast. Practical Prep Podcast at gmail.com is how you can reach me via email. And uh, as soon as uh, I get back into town, I will get another podcast put together to give you an update on uh, how the trip went and uh, what happened over the weekend. Again, folks, as always, please take care of one another. Be safe out there. And until next time.